The world isn't simple anymore. And on the Walden Pond podcast, your host, anti-fraud expert Vince Walden, is talking to experts about the technology and compliance trends you need to know about to keep your compliance and fraud detection programs relevant. If you're looking for insights that are practical, timely, and innovative, welcome to The Pond. Welcome to The Pond. I'm your host, Vincent Walden, coming to you on the Compliance Podcast Network. With me today is Jay Lieb, Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer with Reveal. Glad to have you on the show, Jay. Thanks so much, Vince. We go way back, my friend, so I'm super glad to have you on the show. Is that why I'm allowed to call you Vince, supposed yeah, to Vincent? Only uh, when I'm in trouble, I'm Vincent, so you can call me Vince. <laughs> 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 and uh, so let's get started. You know, in typical Walden Pond fashion, let me start with a quote. And I know, you know, you are a serial entrepreneur, my friend. So I thought this quote from Thoreau was fitting. He said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams and live the life that you imagined. And my friend, you've definitely lived a, a great life out of Chicago. And I've just seen your career kind of go from amazing company to amazing company. And so glad you're at Reveal. Tell us real quick, you know, about your background and how did you get to Reveal and kind of take us through your career. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Vince. Uh, to quote some other famous people, I had a long and winding road to get where I am today. <laughs> I, you know, like many people in uh, the technology field, I started outside of the technology field. I was back in, I thought I wanted to be a writer somewhere or, or maybe uh, some kind of somewhere in filmmaking, television production, somewhere in there, really in the creative arts. And probably around my, my senior year in college, I started working with computer animation. I became kind of like the computer guy for the department for where I was working at it and wanted to pursue computers afterwards. So a little bit of filmmaking, but I wanted to really pursue computers. And I found myself in Chicago right after graduation, not too long after graduation, in a job as a database guy for this company in Chicago that did scanning of paper for lawyers and putting this paper on CD-ROMs way old back school. when. <laughs> yeah, very that. old school. In fact, we had to sell jukeboxes for CD towers, CD tower jukeboxes to swap out all the CDs. Wow. And I didn't know any, anything about the field at all about, because you know we didn't call it electronic discovery back then. It was actually paper, right? And so I had this job, and then around 99, 1999, one of our, our salespeople had won a case to scan all the paper for, on behalf, I think of Microsoft. Microsoft was locked and a battle with the government, the DOJ, on antitrust issues. I'm sure some of your, your listeners will remember that. Not too dissimilar to what's going on today with some of the technology companies. And so our shop here, we did uh, scanning, scanning of paper, and we did bibliographic coding. So you'd have data entry people manually read the document and add and kind of build an index of these documents. Then you had you know OCR, kind of rudimentary OCR back then. And so I was walking through my office there, and I saw all of Bill Gates's emails or a lot of Bill Gates's e emails printed out to paper. And then we we're scanning it back to digital image. format to, to put on a CD, yeah, to image to put right. on CD-ROM. I go, wow, that's crazy. And then I saw our data entry folks, you know, literally rekeying in the information from the emails, you know, to Steve Ballmer from Bill Gates, you know, on this date. And then I even saw OCR and I go, wow, this is, this is insane. We had a format that started digitally, emails. It was printed out to an analog format just to be rescanned to kind of a, a pseudo digital format. 
And I thought that was just insane. And so it was yeah. right around Y2K. And I had a little bit of a taste of being an entrepreneur, but not, not fully. And so uh, after taking a, a trip over Y2K and risking my life of y, the, the grid being off during Y2K, et cetera, I decided to start a business technology company that would take this digital format, this new evolving format called emails, and be able to move it directly into a database for lawyers, as opposed to printing out and then rescanning it. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that was really the beginning of that. And we didn't call it even have a name for it yet. There wasn't digital discovery. It was just kind of or electronic discovery. In fact, I was trying to call it digital discovery at the time, but it didn't really catch. It was really probably 270 sounding, a digital discovery. So e-discovery really didn't make it. So that was 2000, really didn't hit till 2003 was really when it yeah, post really Enron. Big, yeah, yeah, kind of post Enron, right before the federal rules of civil procedure kind of adopted, formally adopted it. The, the, the EDRM, electronic discovery reference model, uh, headed up by uh, George Sosha, who's my colleague now, ironically enough, or coincidentally enough, and Todd Gelman, I think that was 2004, 2005. They really helped usher us into the new age. But our technology, which was just called Discovery Cracker, was by far you know, the biggest kind of processing tool in this space. And from there, we, you know, we, like many entrepreneurs, we, you know, we, we sold the company. I stayed on board with the company that acquired us for a little bit. And then after that, I, I joined some great colleagues, including yourself, Vince, at, at Ernst Young at EY in the fraud investigation practice or the yep. forensic technology discovery service practice. Those were good and, times. Yeah. I learned so much from yourself and, and all of our other colleagues there because I'd always been on the pure technology side, not really the services side on, when it came to e-discovery and learned quite a bit about what it takes to work with clients, where the issues really relied upon, uh, meaning that, you know, especially when you're doing corporate investigations, that, you know, the answers are really, is really all in the data. And so I learned quite a bit there. So I spent about three years at EY, Ernst & Young, and then I joined Relativity, which is back then it was called Kikura. Relativity or Kikura was and is the largest kind of on platform or database for lawyers in the e-discovery space to do collaboration and to do review of documents. So I joined them in the capacity of chief strategy officer, CSO back then, and not too dissimilar from what I'm doing today. And really, we saw that company grow from, I don't know, 10,000 users or 14,000 users on a monthly basis to close to 100,000 when I left, and they're, they're way above that now. So really, in a three-year basis, saw them just explode with the amount of users in the platform. And during this time, I, got, I was thinking back to the, the early days of when we were releasing Discovery Cracker of how a gigabyte of data was actually a lot, a lot of data back then. And now that's just a, a rounding error. And then thinking about all the amount of users that was exploding with relativity. And I really thought that the trajectory we were on from a data standpoint would surpass human beings if we didn't add technology to assist. And so I left Relativity to be one of the founders of NextLP, which was an AI platform company really focused on e-discovery and investigations to really take back the and assist reviewers on finding stories and data very quickly. And then NextLP turned into Reveal, right? Yeah, so NextLP, so we started that company in 2013. And some of the coolest professional moments of my career was part of NextLP with my founders. We were accepted into a really prestigious program called Techstars, which are for technology companies that have high potential. It's an accelerator program. It had some great mentors there. 
met so many different people in technology and, and in the venture capital world during this time period, raised VC money. And then we were acquired last year by one of our partners at the time up and coming. Now we're on fire right now, but a company called Reveal. So Reveal is a, a e-discovery review company and they acquired us last August. And when we joined the, you know, our team joined their team and, and has really been our role since then. I love that background and it, it was so fun. And that's why it's definitely in the live the life that you imagine entrepreneurial spirit. But tell me, you know, you know, on Reveal's website, it said, I think the future of investigations and e-discovery is artificial intelligence. And so give us a description of that assertion and what Reveal is doing to help investigations in particular with artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. So Reveal was actually started back in 2010. And the founder and and now CEO of the company, Wendell Giza, was the former service provider in the space. Like I said before, scanning paper. So that was his background. And he had sold that company and saw that there's this new thing, electronic discovery that's out there. There's some tools like relativity. And he thought maybe he can build something that'd be a great alternative to say relativity. And that was around 2010. And I think what he saw and what we saw was really that the data was just getting so much larger than what human beings can get through in, a, in an efficient manner. And the efficacy of these technologies of AI from NextLP to, a, I'll talk about brain space in a moment, to brain space, was really growing in the legal community and the investigative community. And so we partnered first. And for any entrepreneur out there that seeks to have a, a great exit at some point or some kind of event where they're acquired by another company, Proving out your value mutually to, to a group is always a, it's kind of a hack. The best way to get acquired is to be acquired by a group you're already working with. So we had already been working together. And so we had dated for that time. And he saw that the, the power of our technology combined with his platform, the platform they were building, was really powerful for our end users. So we're able to prove out that value together. And what we're trying to do here is help end users, help law firms, in-house corporations, investigators international consultancies, be able to get through whatever their obligation is as far as data goes as fast and efficient as possible while finding the key insights and key stories as fast as possible. So we can help save money and we can also give, even more so, we can help give a tactical or strategic advantage, especially if it's litigation, by understanding your data much faster. So A, we can help remove or reduce the noisy data that's not part of the case. And B, we can help find those key stories, key insights that are part of the case and get them faster than before. And finally, we can help you move through those obligatory documents that maybe through a production or a government request that's being requested of you to get those documents as quickly as possible as well. Yeah, and see, I like it, you know, from a compliance and investigations perspective, you know, I like the fact that it's automated privilege review. But again, there's lots of folks that have been doing that, but that's key. You got to do it right and fast. I was really intrigued by this, you know, the anti, some algorithms that you guys have around antitrust or cartel identification of our our cartels or other anti-corruption type patterns or or algorithms that you have. Can you give a sense of like, how is the AI being used to, you know, detect anti-fraud or anti-corruption or those types of specific risk areas? Absolutely. So last January, Reveal again, went into the mergers and acquisitions space. I like to say that we take a tact of aggressive free agency. Huh. And you know, some teams build through the draft and some teams build through free agency. We definitely built through free agency. And so we acquired another company 
and a really kind of a merger, another AI company called Brainspace, which has, you know, just tremendous, probably the best visual analytics in the world when it comes to e-discovery investigations, a great machine learning platform, some key talent on the team. And really what we've been looking to do is bring together some of the key differentiators of brain space and some of the key differentiators of what was formerly the NextLP technology, now we call Reveal AI. And one of the things that we've been working hard on is this instance of what we call the AI model library. And it comes really in two flavors. One is our data science team has been building out AI models to look for specific issues within data to get high signal high important documents into the hands of investigators and from a compliance standpoint as quickly as possible. So we have AI models around privilege, like you just mentioned. Right. We, right. we have AI models around HR issues, which was you know, something much requested of our clients. So looking yeah. for yeah. sexual harassment, toxic behavior, bullying employees, really just bad employee, bad employee behavior. We have AI models that look for ethical and fraud types of issues like counting issues or kickbacks and bribes as it comes to entertainment. We have models that look for PII and PHI. And then we even have models to help clean up data as well. So these are models that that our team builds out and instantly gives new solutions to our clients that are using our platform. This is using data sources such as email or even text chat or documents. Um, That's right. Pretty much a whole variety of unstructured data, right? Yeah, that's the key. I love it. That's okay. the key is that we is really it's uh we really focus on and try to become experts in the unstructured data, emails, productivity suites like you know Slack or Teams, loose documents like Word or PowerPoint, all those types of things we could we consider to be unstructured data. We can even work on things that you know that I learned from you actually is that what I consider to be semi-structured data. So you may have a, a like a CRM database like Salesforce or something yeah. where you have a contemporaneous field, you know, a free text field, and even that could be important. So that can also be worked on as well. See, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. So what's interesting, what's cool is, you know, you, you make your living on doing the AI model libraries is so cool to me because that's such an asset where, you know, I look at my own career and I've basically made my career on my library of fraud tests. So, you know, you pick any kind of fraud scheme that's in the journal entries, you know, whether that's payments or sales or travel and entertainment expenses or some write-off or salaries and payroll or TN, travel and entertainment expense. I've got tests for that. But I love the idea and I'd love to learn more about that library of the topics. I mean, in, you and I in, talk, in preparation for the show talked about antitrust and the privilege review and anti-corruption. Having those libraries is a huge differentiator. And when I think about kind of the compliance audience, knowing that these libraries exist keeps you from having to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and one of the things too is, you know, you, you bring up tests and that's a, a, a great, you know, a, a great example, right? So what is a test? A test is some, you have some kind of either control group or some kind of question you want to ask and you want to and repeat that question over and over and over again. But the question is, how can you take that test and be able to evolve it with more information and more knowledge? That's where AI gives us an advantage here where it's not mutually exclusive. We can take your tests and evolve them. And so we've been partnering with law firms. We've been partnering with legal service providers and partnering with consulting groups on helping them build out their own AI models. And a good example of that is we partnered with uh, DLA Piper, which I think is the largest litigation firm in the world. And they have a spinoff company called Ascension. And Ascension is 
has built out in collaboration with our data science team and with using our technology, models, AI models to look for instances of cartels. So what they're doing wow. is essentially going to corporations, going to their clients and saying, hey, listen, how would you like to do essentially a health check to see if there's any kind of signal of this type of activity happening you know, underneath your nose? And we can do this as a subscription. So we can go ahead, take data, apply these AI models to do it, do it on budget, because they're doing it proactively, do it on budget and tell you if there's any kind of issue you should get, you know, ring fence around today, that you should get your arms around. Wow. And so DLA Piper has launched this business ascension to focus in on using AI and AI models to really help clients prior to real issues taking place. And it's really exciting because you have now have a law firm, which when you think of a law firm, do you think of something of as a very kind of maybe risk adverse uh, right. profession, really going out there and taking advantage of the newest technologies to really help their clients even prior to an active matter. Yeah, that is. And you think about what the DOJ guidance says around doing things that are proactive in nature. And, you know, that is proactive compliance monitoring at its best. You know, I do a lot of proactive compliance monitoring around transactions and payments data, but to actually look at communications data, that's pretty sophisticated and that's pretty cool. Great little case study. We have time for one last question, and I always like to end in this advice kind of question. And what advice do you have for, for in-house legal counsel or compliance professionals who want to kind of up their game with use of technology and particularly around some of these AI models, perhaps? Well, I'll offer up a, a shameless plug and <laughs> that, uh, that our team actually has uh, quite a bit of training material that's free kind of uh, to free use or free as being part of our clients, depending on, on what you like to, to learn about AI. We have great blogs by George Sosha and Kat Casey, who are two of the more influential people in e-discovery and in investigations when it comes to AI. George, as I mentioned before, is the founder of the EDRM. And he has some great content up there. We have some great training videos around AI, some great sales videos of how to sell it and be able to communicate to your audience about AI. So we have a lot of resources. That's, that's a shameless plug. On the other side, though, you know, just talking with uh, individuals like yourself, Vince, and understanding a team like yours typically has the best technology or has research on the technology. And so being able to talk with domain experts like yourself Getting that network effect, a guy like yourself, Vince, you probably talk to you know n number of clients out there, and so you're learning what's best practice and what's kind of the de facto standard and what's cutting edge and and all that. And so that's what I always recommend is learning those things, trying to join any industry groups that are out there so that you can be part of the community. These are all great ways of kind of understanding uh, what is just over the horizon and what's here today. And the funny thing is a lot of people think the things we're doing is kind of over the horizon and actually it's being employed much more frequently than, than people can even imagine right now based on uh, the growth of uh, Reveal. Yeah, no, awesome. Well, you know, I'm excited for what Reveal slash Brainspace, but now Reveal <laughs> is ahead <laughs> in the future. I'm intrigued by these AI model libraries and, and want to look more, I'll pay attention, keep in, I'd love to kind of explore that further in the future with you guys. Appreciate your time, Jay. And uh, again, as always, fun talking with you. Yeah, Vince, thanks so much for having me on. It's a lot of fun. It's always great talking with you and catching up as well. Yeah, likewise. So everybody, uh, appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the Walden Pond, this episode with Jay Lee, Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer with Reveal. 
and we'll see you next time on The Pond. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Walden Pond Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review.